It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. It's not Thursday, but it's the next best thing, and that is a Tuesday, and that means the bonus scoop episode with Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and of course, Scoopage, Score North fame. Uh, I'm Judd. That is Declan Goff, executive producer as well. Good morning, Darren, and I want to give you credit and tee you up here. Uh, you, you reported over the weekend that the Timberwolves had had um, a fairly significant shift in uh, in front office duties as far as a hiring went, uh, and most importantly, when people got back to you on Twitter and were like, whoa, 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 what's up? You said there's more uh, reckless speculation to confirm speculation, I would actually call it, Uh, That follows. So the floor is yours. Tell us what is going on at Target Center. Good morning, Judd. Good morning, Declan. Happy Lottery Day. How weird is it, Judd, (laughs) that we don't care? I do because I'm curious to see where Chet Holmgren, Minneapolis native, where he may end up. But if you're a Wolves fan, you don't care about tonight. This is rare. The Wolves are locked in at pick 19 in the first round certainly busy right now in chicago Mm -hmm. at the pre-draft combine plus some of these agencies are having pro days so the wolves have a number of front office personnel right now in chicago they do not have gianluca pascucci assistant general manager he was told in the last handful of days thanks for your service you are out you can frame it however you want to me it's a firing There is an option on his contract for next year. They have decided they're not exercising that option. They want him gone. So you can frame it however you would like. But to me, he was told, see you later. He worked as recently as a couple weeks ago at the Portsmouth pre-draft camp. So he was doing a lot of stuff for the Wolves. He was their main point person on organizing draft workouts. He was pretty much their main person when it comes to the draft. So that's why, to me, it's very intriguing, very interesting, because the Wolves have four picks in June. So not only pick 19, but they have three picks in the second round, all between picks 40 and 50. Now, do I think they will utilize all four picks? No. They could take a guy that they stash overseas, at least for a year, if not longer. They could trade one, if not multiple of those picks. Like, it's hard for me to see them bringing in four guys for, let's say, training camp in late September. Like, I just don't see that scenario. So Gianluca Pascucci, one of a number of assistant general managers 
is gone. They have multiple assistant general managers. Another is Joe Branch. I am told as of now, Joe Branch is safe. But I will continue to monitor his situation. There's still some gray area there that I'm sifting through. Like no guarantee that Joe is still here. He may be still here. He may have to take a pay cut. But like that's still a situation that I'm monitoring. Okay, the elephant in the room. President of basketball operations. What is going on with that situation? Because right now, Sachin Gupta is in Chicago acting as if he is the final decision maker. He has been empowered. Yes, he had a say in Gianluca not being retained. In my words, Gianluca being fired. Here's, and this is some conjecture, Judd, but here's how I view the situation. If it was solely up to Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie, I'm positive they look to bring in an outsider. Don't know who that outsider would be. I have some suspicions, some names that they really like. But I think if it was solely their decision, Gupta either stays as the number two or Gupta leaves. I've spoken about this. I just don't know if you're Gupta, how you would stay and work as the number two here. Yeah, maybe you go to Houston and be the number two like the plan was last August. Maybe you go elsewhere and be a number two before inevitably that number one chance arises again. But after being the final decision maker for the last nine months here, like I just don't know how you then take a back seat. But in an ideal world, Judd, my senses, the Wolves would find a way to retain Gupta, right? So in Alex and Mark's ideal world, again, some conjecture here, but they bring in somebody else. Suchin then is the number two. Glenn Taylor, though, still has a say. We've spoken about this before. Glenn can save some money by elevating Suchin Gupta. That, to me, is where this situation very much is a sticky wicket. Like, I don't have any sense that Glenn, Alex, and Mark are butting heads, that there's animosity. Because Mark and Alex drove the bus in large part on that. Right. Then at the end, you bring it to Glenn. Glenn's like, well, okay. Like that makes a lot of sense. Of course, like really good coach. Let's extend him, especially after, you know, the, the success of, you know, the regular season, right up until the end of that regular season before the debacle in the, in the playoff series. Right. Although Chris Finch is still a very, very good coach. So like to me, that was a no brainer. The president of operations, that's, I'm telling you, that's where it's, a little bit more complicated. I can tell you, Judd, I have spoken about two names for a while going back to last September. Elton Brand, number two in Philly. Mm-hmm. Landry Fields, either number two or number three in Atlanta. I'm just telling you now, Judd, as I advance this story, my strong sense is Mark and Alex are aiming higher, significantly higher. They are not looking then to bring names. in the number two in Philly or the number two or number three in oh Atlanta. God. They are aiming Declan, for a number sounder. one. Pl- yeah, pl- play the sounder. Hold on. Reckless speculation. They're aiming for a number one. Doesn't mean that they will steal the deal, but they are aiming for a current number one. So oh. look across the league. I'll save the names for now. Well, I don't want to put that out there because then it'll get aggregated badly. Well, that, that I will you... tell you this much. Yep. It's an Eastern Conference president of operations. 
It's two Western Conference okay. president of operations. Now, what one name that you had brought up previously, way back when, I think before uh, Gerson, was the Toronto president of basketball operations, who obviously a lot of teams desired and made pitches for. Uh, would he be back in the mix here, possibly? And I don't e- even know if he wants to leave Toronto at this point, but that was one you definitely broached, you know, a couple years back. Yeah, well, that's Masayu Jerry. Yeah, we brought Masai him Jerry. up. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. I mean, I don't remember the exact time frame, but yeah, Masayu Jerry, who is considered, if he's not the best final decision maker in the league, he is certainly top two or top three. He is brilliant. He signed a new deal since that scuttlebutt was out there of of Wolves interest. But could you renew said interest? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Now, to me, it would take a sliver of ownership. Like, I just don't see Masayu Jerry coming here for a raise. Mm-hmm. Like, my understanding is he really, really likes it in Toronto. It's a really good situation for him. He's got the power that he wants. He's got control of the front office. He has a great working relationship with ownership. There are question marks here, Judd, right? There's been a lot of drama here going back years. Not necessarily the last nine months, but there's been drama. Yep. You have Mark and Alex, who, at least with Mark, I really like. But there are still question marks about those two individuals, including on the financial side. My point is, if you are Masayu Jerry, right. how desirable is coming here to Minnesota, leaving a really good situation in Toronto? Like, I have a hard yeah. time seeing that. Now, to suggest that the Wolves have interest in Masai, yeah, okay, go ahead. You know, because I have thrown that name out there. So I'll advance it further. When I say there's an Eastern Conference president of operations, at least on their radar, I can't tell you how far it's advanced. Heck, if it's advanced out of the office, right? It may just be internal dialogue. But yes, Masai Ujiri is somebody that very, 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 very much appeals, certainly to Mark and Alex. So much off of this. Okay, um, I'm going to ask you a question that's going to rely on your reporting on the story, but also probably for you to, as we love to do on the show, recklessly speculate. Um, Is there a scenario? Because I'm with you. I can't see Glenn's saying, oh, that's great. Let's hire that that guy and I'll pay him, you know, 10 times what I'm paying my current Pobo who's not the Pobo. Um, Is there a scenario and is it legal for um, Alex and Mark to basically pick up the paycheck right now and say, Glenn, you know, we are still completing to buy the team. Uh, we've got that in escrow. I don't know how that exactly works, but here's our, our second bank account. And our second bank account allows us to pay a top executive who's going to earn top dollar. And we want you to contribute, let's say, what you would have paid um, uh, if you had taken Sachan and give him the promotion. But we will make up the difference. Is that legal? And is that because I can't see Glenn signing off and just saying, oh, yeah, I'll pay that this guy to your point, what it's going to take to get a guy like Masai Ujiri. Well, I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be illegal if they can come to some sort of agreement in that regard. But are we positive that Mark and Alex have that sort of financial flexibility and i'm telling you like maybe there are some other guys 
maybe one of the Western Conference Pobos that I'm alluding to would just come here if you double his salary. Okay. That you don't need to give him a sliver of ownership. But like giving a sliver of ownership to get a guy like you, Jerry, like that would take a good amount of convincing, I think, by Mark and Alex, you know, to get Glenn on board. Now, Glenn has been influenced many, many times over the years. I think about, you know, when Tibbs traded Ricky Rubio, like that was Glenn's guy. That was Becky's guy. Right. I can cite any number of examples going back many, many years where Glenn wasn't necessarily on board, right. but was eventually convinced to be on board. Right. But like that's part of I think the the situation that that complicates things, right? Like how exactly do they do they sift through all that? And like let's play out the time frame here. So as of now, until we're told otherwise, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Lori take over as majority owners December of 23. So really, Glenn is the majority owner for what? One more season, right? 22-23, one full season. Mm -hmm. Then a little bit into that following season. Like we're Mm -hmm. talking, what, four weeks? Five weeks? Figure opening night is what? October 18th, October 20th, somewhere in that ballpark. We don't have the exact December date, but like a majority of the 23-24 season Mark and Alex are supposed to be majority owners. This decision, in theory, impacts 23-24, the 24-25 season, the 25-26 season, right? Like, the idea isn't just to have a pobo here for a year and a half, right? This is a decision that has long-term ramifications. So, to me, Mark and Alex should have a ton of say. So it's just, to me, it's very, very fascinating. The fact that Sutchin, right now in Chicago, you're running into a number of executives. Every team has a number of front office people there. All the final decision makers are there in Chicago, maybe outside of, you know, if you're Brad Stevens with the Celtics, they play tonight, right? Or Pat Riley in Miami. But most of the final decision makers are in Chicago right now. Brad may even be there. Pat may even be there at some point, maybe after tonight's game one of the eastern conference finals mm-hmm. but like you have a chance to to have conversations about potential transactions revisit some seeds planted back in late january into february at the trade deadline yeah Sutchin didn't do anything but he certainly was pretty active in terms of dialogue so there are trade scenarios that he can revisit he has the authority to hold these discussions like he hasn't been told you can't do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like, you you would have, in an ideal world, Judd, you would have had this settled by now. Like, this yeah. pre-draft combine, this yeah. gathering in Chicago right now, it's pretty much, it's it's the unofficial start of, of pre-draft season, even though the scouting's been going on for a while. It really is, when you have all the executives in one location, it really it is the start of, of the off season with, with the trade talk picking up. What does this signify then um, about how A-Rod and Mark Laurie feel about this team right now? And is this an attempt by them to put their own stamp on things? Or do they really think Dukes 
in your mind, that they can improve upon what Gupta would do? I think it's more the stamp. I think okay. it's more the big splash. I think it's them, you know, wanting to aim very high, right? That they would love. Like, my understanding is Mark and Alex really, really like Sutton. They would love Sutton to be here next season and beyond. Just not necessarily as the number one, right? So, to me, it's it's nothing against Sutton. It's more them wanting to aim for the stars. That is so intriguing. Well, it's um, very intriguing because you can aim for the stars. It still takes two to tango. Okay. Like, let me lay it out more succinctly. Like, unless you hate your current situation, like I had somebody on Twitter last night say, what about Lawrence Frank? So he's the final decision maker with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. Like, that made me chuckle. So you're working for Balmer, right? And you're in Los Angeles, and you have a healthy Kawhi Leonard coming yeah. back next season? Yeah. Why the bleep would you leave Los Angeles working for that owner like the to Midwest. come to Minnesota? You like the snow. You love winters, Doogie. Like, come on. Hey, hey Dukes, Dukes, take your reporter hat off and put your, your analyst hat on and tell me this. Does this make sense? Or is this guy's trying to do something for the sake of doing something that that has too much potential? Because you've been saying for weeks now, for the first time in years, there's harmony. Like, things are going well. Um, is this guy's trying to overstep what they should be doing and ultimately could be a far bigger mistake than success? Because there's no question, it does feel like, despite the playoffs being disappointing, for sure, this team is on the right track with its coach, with its direction for the first time in forever. I would hire Sachin Gupta as my president of operations. He has earned this opportunity. He could have been Sacramento's final decision maker, bowed out of that process. He has spent time in the front offices of Detroit, Philadelphia, Houston, now here. He is more than ready. You just said it. It's kumbaya over there. Why disrupt that? Although Pat Bev, after being on ESPN yesterday, Anthony Edwards on Instagram, he may have disrupted some things. Right, yeah, both those guys may have disrupted that's, some things. That's another story. And that's Writing not some inaccurate. checks that they're going to have to cash next yeah. season. But that's yeah. that's a different talking point. But Chris Finch is happy. The synergy Finch with Gupta, you don't f with that. Okay. To me, it's a very easy decision. It really is. You elevate Suchin Gupta. That's what I would do. This is so intriguing. And um, so yeah, let's let's go from Wolves to what? Twins? Little uh Vikings. What's next in the scoop bag? Well, sure. If you want to go with the twins, but I will finish on the Wolves. They yeah. hosted a bunch of draft prospects, more second round guys or undrafted guys late last week. They had a bunch of guys in on Thursday. Then Friday, including a couple local guys, Theo John, Champlain Park High School, Marquette and Duke, Kerwin Walton Jr., Hopkins High School, North Carolina. Now he's in the transfer portal. Creighton has interest, Iowa State, a couple other schools. But I think Kerwin Walton Jr., who is maintaining college eligibility, ends up playing another year of college ball, but nice to get feedback. But I put on the latest Scoop podcast, I recorded a new one on Sunday. I listed all the names that I was aware of. I had like seven or eight of the names. The Wolves don't announce 
some teams announce the pre-draft workouts, which why not? Who cares? But the Wolves don't. So as a reporter, I like to dig. So because the Wolves don't announce their pre-draft workouts, I like to find out. I like that. Who's who's there? So I didn't have all 12 names, but I had like seven or eight of the 12 names that were in town. And if I knew that there was a first-round talent in town, I would have dug further. I didn't care about all 12. I just cared about a handful. All right. Then we also have Carl Anthony Towns, the stem cell treatment. I was told on Sunday it's maintenance, it's cleanup, but still worth monitoring, right? Yes. Like right now he doesn't need surgery, but will he eventually need surgery? So that's just one to store in the back of our minds, right? Uh Like stem cell, those are still scary words, right? So he's, he's on the road to recovery. He should be able to get back on the court at some point this summer. Don't but dismiss like, it. Let's just yeah, keep an eye on it, right? Yeah, don't yes. don't dismiss it, even though it wasn't a full fledged surgery. It was more mm-hmm. a procedure to hopefully avoid surgery down the road. All right, on the twins. So I am told the twins are comfortable playing Royce Lewis at more than shortstop. He was good again last night in the win in Oakland. Like Judd, they can't send him down, and. and I, I'll be shocked. Like, Carlos Correa is close. Don't know if it'll be today. Might be more so tomorrow or even Friday in Kansas City when he comes off the injured list. Like, I will be very surprised if the move is Correa activated, Lewis back to St. Paul. The idea is for Lewis to play every day. Then he needs the reps. He can't sit on the bench. But you can find a spot for Royce Lewis. He is athletic enough, whether it's left field, Yes. Heck, even third base. Gio Rochelle has been great defensively at third base, but it's not like the bat's been there. So you could get him some reps at third base or even first base. He can play first base. So I'm just telling you, I don't know specifically where the Twins could put him, but like those are three logical places. But I am told that the Twins have discussed internally, and even yep. I think maybe even a little bit externally. I haven't heard every interview that's been out there, but they feel comfortable playing him at more than shortstop. Can I suggest this, too, that, that there could be days with what we have learned in recent uh, days about Buxton, that there could be days where Lewis in left, Celestino in center, or or if you want, because uh, Royce played there in the Arizona Fall League, I think in 2019, Lewis in center, Celestino in left, because you can never have enough guys who can play play center field on the field together. Yes. That also makes sense. And Celestino has proven that he belongs. He looks legit. There's no reason to send Celestino down. So however you want to mix and match. Yeah, Lewis did play some center field. Yeah, it was what? The Arizona Fall League in what, 19? So yep. he's played it. He's an athlete, right? Like, and he belongs yeah, here. I get it. They're all athletes. But you just, but you watch here. Royce move pregame. I was yeah. over there last homestand. You just, you watch that guy move. Trust me. And with his intellect, like, he can pick mm-hmm. up any number of positions, including, because he's played there, if you wanted to go that route, center field. I just think maybe left, third base, sure. or first base, right? But there are ways to mix and match. So I think if you're a Twins fan, I think that is good news. Like, I don't know how you don't really love what Royce has done so far. And the easy schedule continues, right, Jed? I asked you in this spot, was it two weeks ago? Or was it last week? I said, will the Twins ever dip below 500? At the time I asked you, Judd, the Twins were five games over 500. 
So I said to you, the rest of this season, will they ever dip below 500? You said yes. I paused because I knew how easy the schedule was this month. They continue to beat up on Oakland. Then they've got the Royals. Like the schedule, the rest of this month, is pretty darn easy. So they may grow that number over 500. I don't know what it is this morning. I didn't look at the standings early this morning, but it's more than five, right? I don't know if it's six, seven, or eight games over 500 right this second, but it would take a significant losing streak or something like losing eight of 12, nine of 11, something like that for them to dip below. So good times right now with with the Twins. The bullpen has been very good. 21 and 15 as of this morning. Okay, so six over. on the White Sox, six over. All right, so six over. So you still may take that bet, you know, because the schedule will get more complicated, more difficult as we get into the summer months. There is a long way to go. So you may ultimately win this bet. I don't even know what the stakes are, but you may win this bet. And I... Don't even think I gave an answer. You know, I mean, that's my job somewhat to opine, say yes or no. At this point, I will say they find a way to stay above. That they are going to lose games. This roster is not complete, but that they can grow enough room there rest of this series through the rest of this month where I think they can get to eight, nine games above 500. Where, yeah, even if they end up losing four in a row, five in a row, six of seven, seven of eight that they can find a way to stay right above 500. And how about Buxton? What are you he- hearing as far as this right knee that, that he hurt in Boston? And now, I mean, they flat out told uh, Jim this on Sunday, Falvey did, they are targeting 100 games. And Buxton uh, brought that up in the clubhouse himself. So he's on board. That's the plan. They want to get him. Now, if he exceeds that, I think that they'd be very happy. But they definitely are shooting for, if we can get to, 100 games will be satisfied with what we did. Well, I'll say this much. He wasn't against batting on Saturday. Like, he wasn't. And he is really tough. I know fans don't necessarily see that. Yes, he is Buy tough. into I that. Agree. I agree. There's a lot of toughness there. Yes. Like, I just, I hope, I hope this fans is, can can trust me when I say that. This is not a rip on Byron Buxton at all. No. It's no, poking at, at what they're doing with him, possibly. But, yes, I'm with you. This is not a he's soft conversation. Let's also not forget the incentives built into his contract. Mm-hmm. There is incentive to play more games, right, to hit some of those milestones. Mm-hmm. Remember, before his latest injury, we were talking about can he finish top three in MVP voting, right? And how much that would benefit him financially if he finishes high up in the MVP voting. You play 100 games, you're not finishing top 10, I don't think, or even top 5. Even finishing top 10 really doesn't do a whole lot financially. Like for him to really hit the jackpot, you pretty much need to win MVP. But he was on that path before the latest injury. You know, I mean, he was tearing it up. He still is tearing it up. But, like, you can't be MVP if you're only playing 100 games. But I get it. Outside of 17, 2017, he's never hit the 100-game threshold. So I understand somewhat, at least, where the Twins are coming from. I still think he could have picked up a bat on Saturday. Like, that to me is separate. Like, I get it. He needs some rest days. But in a tight game, that game counts the same as any game in August or September in the heart of a pennant race that he could have picked up a bat. 
on Saturday. And I'm telling you, I'll double down on what I said, Judd. Like my senses, he was not anti-batting on Saturday. He really wasn't. Final scoops, wrap it up for us. Well, I was at Vikings rookie minicamp on Friday. Andrew Booth Jr., I presented him the question. He told me he should be back in a few weeks, still recovering from sports hernia surgery. We get access later today to organize team activities. We don't expect to see Irv Smith Jr. doing much of anything. Still coming back from the knee injury, the surgery he had last September. There's still people wondering, Judd, at least media-wise, if he had a second surgery. Now, he was asked the question. I wasn't there, but Joe Schmidt, my colleague, my boss, uh, told me this back in April. Mm-hmm. And Irv paused for a bit, then <laughs> said no. But like journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? My tentacles still go up. So even though Irv said no to whether he had a second surgery, I still wonder. I don't have the definitive answer, but I do wonder. The depth at the tight end position is certainly a question mark. So, you know, I wait and wonder if, you know, would they take a look at bringing back a Kyle Rudolph or somebody of that ilk? There are tight ends out there. There's nothing imminent. I wonder if it's something in July that they would look at. Maybe not Kyle specifically. Maybe it would be somebody else. Kyle still lives here in town. That's why I say it. It would be convenient for Kyle. There's no sense, though, that the Vikings have legit interest in Kyle. You could bring in a different tight end. I just wonder as as we get into the heart of training camp, you know, much like Cat, his situation now is very much on my radar. The Vikings Mm -hmm. eventually adding a tight end, or at least that possibility is on my radar. Great stuff, sir. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Okay. Sounds good, Judd. Take it easy, Declan. Bye-bye.